I get to meet with Blaine actually twice a week. Yeah. So I get to have a meeting with him every Thursday morning. And again, uh, for those of you know, who don't know, he was at Hillsong over in Australia. He grew up here in this church, mm-hmm. but God has called him back here to lead our youth ministry, which we are just so happy about. Yeah. But I get the blessing of meeting with him one-on-one every Thursday morning. And it's the same thing. This, this guy, God has created in him such a humble heart, such a desire to see people reach for Jesus, especially young people. And then Thursday evenings, he's a part of my future leaders group. And we have been laughing. His sense of humor is cracking me up. You get, you get him and Chase Baker together, another fine young man. And I have flashbacks to when I was that age with my friends, like, and I feel like I'm in college again. Was that 30 so, years ago? 30 years ago, that's right. <laughs> hey, I, I have given Jim Curzon enough old man jokes. I'm sorry. I, I have them coming to me, I'm telling you. So bring them on. Yeah, so just blessed to have people like this in our church that God has called to lead. And Blaine's going to teach and preach for us this morning. I'm excited for you to hear what the Lord has placed on his heart. Let's give him a warm, abundant life welcome. I just got to lower this real quick. And I know you guys are clapping a lot, but can we give it up for the worship team one time? Like they were unbelievable. Thank you. Thank you so much for all you guys do. Um, Hello, my name is Blaine. Um, as Shane just said, I'm the youth pastor of this church, and I am so excited to be home. Uh, again, like the past few years I spent in Australia, and they were unbelievable years, but I'm actually more excited about what God is going to do here and now in this church, and I'm so excited just to be a part of it, to be back home, and it's unbelievable to be here. Um, also, could you please pray for me in the youth ministry? I felt so encouraged and um, released and um, just inspired by already the conversations and the stuff that I already had here. But can you please continue to pray for the youth ministry? Because, you know, I'm nervous. It's nerve-wracking, you know. But I, um, I'm so excited to get started and continue to pray. And thank you so much for already the support that I've already gotten. Um, and I need to do something real, real quick because Chase did this for me when I was preaching and I was in Australia. So I'm going to give out a shout-out to Chase Baker real quick. He's unbelievable, an amazing friend. He's going to be listening to this later. Um, and also, could we give it up for Pastor Shane and Mary and how unbelievable they are? <laughs> you, guys are just, you guys are just clapping so much today. Um, I have, again, like I've had the opportunity of sitting down with Shane and talking to him, it is unbelievable to have an amazing pastor just like this. Like, we are so blessed as a church, as a family, to have Shane as our pastor and our leader. Um, somebody, somebody asked, somebody, we were like talking when I was in Australia, and they said, now make sure that when you go back, you have a pastor that you can look up to, that you can talk to, that you can learn from, and pain, Shane, sorry, it's a pain, Shane, <laughs> Shane is just that, and I'm so blessed to have him as a pastor, and also thank you for giving me the opportunity to preach, because who knows what can happen. Um, uh, So yeah, and I really do believe that God is going to do something great here in the next few seasons of ALCF, and so can we please continue to pray, and as much as we already have been, but like continue to pray and to encourage and to push forward Shane and Mary, and really just to bless them. Um, Yeah, so I'm going to pray real quick. 
and let's do it. Um, Jesus, thank you so much that you're here with us today, um, that you're going to do something great in our midst. Um, God, fill me with your spirit. Um, I believe that you can talk to every single person in this room, including myself. Um, may I just be your vessel and your instrument. Also, God, would you just bless Pastor Shane and Mary this week. Um, bless them with uh, revelations of you to grow closer to you, God. Um, thank you for so much for them being our pastor, pastors. And also thank you for being here today. Um, would you do something great in our midst? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, like, like moving back home and being able to look back on um, the past two, two years in Australia, in like in all of my wisdom of being 22 years old, um, I I am like convinced that the the Christian walk is not this like like this easy like I'm just you know like walking back and forth and everything's uh, what is it the term that Ohioans use hunky dory is that it and like and so. And so I, I'm convinced that the Christian walk is like this, this uneasy, like, oh my goodness, God is calling me into what? This is nuts. I'm freaking out right now. God, you, and like, it, it, am I preaching right now? Like, this is, I constantly feel like this sometimes. It's like these impossible things that God has called us, each and every single one of us into, is almost a daily thing with him. But I feel like that's exactly where Jesus wants us, like in this constant state of trusting and relying on him. Um, and so what we're going to look at today are these two parallel stories in Luke that can be found in Luke 18 and Luke 19. Um, and so the first character in our story is this guy named the rich young ruler. Um, think of a guy like Crawford Hamrick, like Everybody loves him, you know, like great, good looking, got everything figured out, great morals. You know what I'm talking about? Like Crawford Hamrick. Let's, like, let's use him as a model. Um, and, so, and, so, and so in this story, we have this conversation between the rich young ruler and Jesus. And it's in, found in Luke 18, 18 through, I think 27 is where I'm going. So... And the ruler asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? That's a good question. And Jesus said to him, why do you call me, why do you call me good? No one is a good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not, do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother. And he said, all these I have kept from my youth. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, one thing you still lack. So all that you have and distribute to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. But when he heard these things, he became very sad, for he was extremely rich. So we're going to stop there just for a moment. So I think, you ever have those conversations with people that are like only surface level? Like old people do this a lot. Like, how's the weather? You know what I'm t- Like, sorry, I don't mean to be me. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know? And so, it... I think this is what's going on, is that this, this rich young ruler comes to him with a surface-level question. What, what must I do? What must I do on the outside to inherit this internal life? But Jesus understands where this conversation is going because it's not a surface-level answer, and so Jesus has to get way deeper than the surface level. So Jesus immediately, it's, I don't think it's a mean question or a mean commandment. 
I think it's an invitation. See, Jesus isn't looking on this outside exterior that this rich young ruler thinks he's looking at. It's, it's this deeper into the heart, and it's way, way deeper. It's not this surface-level conversation that Jesus is trying to have. And so I don't think Jesus makes his commandment to be mean. I think it's an invitation for freedom. I think it's because this young man has been attached to his stuff. He's been um, held captive by the stuff that he has. And so Jesus is then saying, if you want to be truly free, you can give this up and come and follow me. Start a real, raw, authentic life with Jesus. And unfortunately, the young man um, declines. And so the second story, sorry to leave you on a pretty sad note. so the second story is actually the co- is the starting point of our conversation that happens after this conversation that Jesus just had. And so in verse 24, Jesus it says, Jesus saying, seeing that he had become sad, said, How difficult it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. For it, easier, for it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard it said, then who can be saved? But he said, what is impossible with man is possible with God. Like what, what we just sang. And so, do we have it up on here? Can you go a verse back? Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Go, go, go. Sorry, Dad. So you see this question, then who can be saved? So the answer to this question is a chapter later. You see, Jesus says this. But nobody thought the answer to this question was the man that's in the ch- Luke 19 because nobody liked Zacchaeus. Every, like, people would have been shook, shook if Jesus, if Jesus um, would have told them Zacchaeus. Nobody liked Zacchaeus. He was short. Um, <laughs> sorry. Sorry. I'm, I'm short. No. He might have been. No, he might have been. No. Um, Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector, and nobody would have thought that the answer to this question was Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was on the opposite team. He was helping the Romans out. And, like, when people would have saw Zacchaeus and what he had, they would have understood that I've been giving this dude money, and he's been ripping me off. And so the nice clothes that he has, the house that he has, is all because he's been ripping me off. So nobody liked Zacchaeus. But Jesus enters in. And so in Luke 19, 1 through 10, we get the answer to this question, who, th- who then can be saved? He entered Jericho and was passing through, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich, and he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. For he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and he came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all crumbled. I'm going to stop here real quick. There's going to be things in your life that people aren't going to understand that happened to you or like blessings that are going to happen that Jesus has given you. Like we don't deserve it. We don't deserve a lot of the blessing. We don't deserve any of the blessings that Jesus gives us. But people are going to grumble. People are not going to understand it. But I say just receive it, man, because Jesus has given it to you. Um, so continuing on. And, and when they saw it, they all grumbled at, 
and he has, he has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my, go- get, half of my goods I give to the poor, and I have defraud- if I have defrauded anyone or anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, for, since he is also a son of Abraham, for the son of man came to seek and save the lost. Today, salvation has come to this house. So what Jesus just said was impossible for man, was made possible, through, and it's, it, it's seen here in Zacchaeus. See, I, I don't know like how long Zacchaeus and Jesus hung out. I mean, it could have been like a couple of minutes, a couple of hours, but there is something that happened in that time that moved G- Zacchaeus to do the impossible. That he probably had a ton of value and ton of security in the things that he had, but immediately he was in this one encounter, this real, raw, authentic encounter with, G- with Jesus, Zacchaeus was moved into the impossible. Like, that's crazy how cool Jesus is and what he can do. And I think... I think there's two characteristics that we can, like, find and see in Zacchaeus' heart um, that can be exampled in this impossible heart that we have to have every single day in this walk with Jesus. And I was actually talking to Shane this week, and um, it was, and I said, don't you love how, like, being a Christian is so easy? You know, like, loving your enemies and, like, and so, like, these characteristics are just, like, you know, added on to the easy stuff of being. No, I'm kidding. It's so worth it, though, to do the thing, these things. So, to have an impossible heart and to take these, like, everyday steps that Jesus calls, I think the first, um, the first a- a- attribute that we need to have is sacrifice. Um, to, to, like, put our lives willingly into the hands of the Father um, to sacrifice what has been done to us, like with Zacchaeus said, he sacrificed what he had, and to put my life into the hands of what Jesus is doing. And I think what God was telling me about sacrifice today, what we need to talk about, is sacrificing what we think the impossible is going to like look like in our lives. See, God has given us all purposes, all dreams, and all visions, and all amazing things that God has given us. Given you, and if you don't think you're purposed, I can show you the Bible, and there is no expect, there are no exceptions in the kingdom of God. You all have purposes. You've all been chosen. You're all loved, and God has all given you a purpose here on this earth to do something great. And so I think, so I think what God was telling me today is that we need to sacrifice. Is that we need to surrender what we think that impossible is going to look like sometimes, like. If when I went to, I was think like when I went to Australia, or when I had my dream of being a pastor, I never thought it would be, oh, I'm going to go to Australia and then I'm going to come back home. God has so much more for you if you just lay it all down. God had so much more for me and I didn't even know it. He has so much more for your purpose, so much more for you, and we just have to lay down what we think it's going to look like. Um, could you go to the First Corinthians two nine, please? So it says, but as is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. All right, what no eye has seen, you ain't seen it. Like, God has so much more 
for you, and you haven't seen it yet. We just have to lay down. I think, I think if I would have held on so tightly to what I thought the dream looked like, I would have missed all that God had for me. If I would have held on so tightly to what I thought was going to happen, to what, how the dream would have came, I think I would have maybe missed the purpose. Maybe I wouldn't have gone to Australia. I don't know if I would have been here, but maybe when I sacrificed or when I had no idea what was going on, I said, God, have your will, have your way in my life. This came about. And I think it's unbelievable. It's so much more than I ever thought it would have been. And I think God is calling you today, too, to step into these impossible things that he's called each and every one of us to do, and it is to start with this sacrifice. And so, like, also, (laughs) putting your, like, sacrificing your life into your, to God's hands, I, it then takes trust, which is our second attribute of the heart. This, this trust of when I do sacrifice and then, then God calls me to step out, I have these uneasy steps of God, I sacrifice you, I put my hands, that when I trust that he's going to be there, that he's going to provide, that he's going to do what he said he's going to do. And going back to Australia, I had no idea what was going to happen. I had the call and I just had to trust him with every day. I didn't like know how it was going to be provided for. Thank you, parents. But like, um, <laughs> sorry, um, I didn't know how it was going to be provided for. I didn't know what it was going to look like, but it was just a simple trust. And same thing when I come back here and to be the youth pastor is this simple trust of, God, you got me. And here's the thing. My trust does not, is not predicated on the future. I do not put my trust in the future. I put my trust in what God has done in my past. He has showed up time and time in time again. It may not look the same, but I can trust him because I know that he's shown up in my past, and he has provided for me. He has taken care of me, and that's why I can trust him with my future, because he has done it over and over and over again in my life. And, and I think, he, here's, the, here's the thing, too, is that I think we freak out so much about trusting in today. Like Jerry, like when we did the um, Lord's Prayer, it says, Lord, give us this day our daily bread. Every single day. I don't trust God. Here's the thing. I don't need yesterday's bread. I, I need today's bread. I don't need tomorrow's bread. I need today's bread. And like, <laughs> here's the thing. So every single day, it's a trust. I trust you, God. I don't need to trust you for the future. I'm not freaking out about the future. I just need today's bread. That's what I'm relying on for you is today. It's a daily provision that he has given to me. And, man, it's so good what he does, does for us, huh? And so it, it, it takes sacrifice and trust to live in the impossible. But I think the question is then, where, like, where does it take us? Where does the impossible take us? And my thing is, is it leads us directly into the Father's heart. Is I, the thing is, is that I think when we think of God wanting me to have this purpose in my life, to do these things, to, to step out, and to do what he has called me to do, I think we think it's for me to do something. 
like, like what that young man, the rich young ruler, asked, what can I do to inherit eternal life? The impossible. I think we think it's like this, this doing, but can, can I be so bold, is that it's just to get us to the Father's heart in a deeper relationship with him. See, the, the, the Christian faith, your walk with God, started with the impossible. We were dead in our sin. The, Satan, death, sin held the keys. We were captive. We had nothing to do. But, oh, God, Jesus stepped in, and he made a way for us. The, impo- the impossible happened in my life. And can I praise Jesus real quick? God, we had nowhere to go. You are unbelievable, God. You made a way for us so that we could be set free, God. Thank you. I am free now, and I can sing and dance. And thank you, Jesus, for what you have done for me. And so I need a volunteer. And somebody, hopefully, that's my size and is that is okay with touch. <laughs> is that okay? Shane, can I have you? Is that okay? Okay. So... Is it okay if I touch you? That's such an awkward con- question. So, so, no. Actually, that's, no. So, the point of the cross and the point of Jesus setting us free is not this standoffish thing with the Father. It is, and some of you need to see this, is that this is what the cross did with us and God. And this is a, and this is a picture of what God has done for us. And that's, and can I tell you what? There's nothing, there is nothing, you can read Romans 8, nothing that will take you out of the Father's arms, okay? And so, and so then this, can you come over here? Thank you. And so then all of a sudden this walk happens, and so we start taking, so Jesus is with us, the Father, Holy Spirit, and so we start taking these steps together, these impossible steps, and it's just this constant walk. But some of you, some of you thought that this happened. Some of you thought, so take... Sorry, come over here. My bad. <laughs> Some of you thought that this happened. Is that, just take like two or three steps and then stop. Some of you thought that this happened. And then God just kept going. Like this. Because you stopped believing, stopped stepping. God left you. But can I tell you that this happened? Really? Is that, sorry, you can come over here. Oh, so do the same thing. <laughs> so this happened. He stopped exactly with you. He hasn't left you. He hasn't forsaken you. And he's still giving you that invitation to continue life with him and to continue living with him. So, I think you can sit down. <laughs> yeah, you're good. Thank you. Can we get up for Shane? <laughs> yeah. So, God, God has never left you. He's never left you in your walk, in your steps into the impossible. And today, he's giving you that invitation again. So, here's, here's what I mean in these steps, that this invitation to know more of him. Because my thoughts at the beginning of the day are this. God, I am freaking out right now. You have called me to do what? At the end of the day, I am now in God, you are my provider. You have provided so much for me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. God, you want me to love that person? What is going on? And then at the end of the day, it's, God, God, you love us all so much. Thank you for loving me. And then I think of Zacchaeus when he stepped out. And this, man, this gets me. God, 
you love me. You've given me a purpose. I don't need this stuff. You are so much more than this stuff, Jesus. That's how, when I step into the impossible, that it gets me to the heart of the Father. And that's what he's doing when he calls us in the impossible, is not for me to do something, but to establish a deeper relationship with who he is. And so so today, each and every one of us has, just like the rich young ruler that Jesus gave, an invitation to him. Jesus is asking you, and he won't hurt you. He's a good, good father. It's this, an invitation to step out and to know him more. I, it's not a works contract. You don't have to do anything to receive his love. You've already gotten that. I think he just wants to show you so much more of who he is. It, that's, <laughs> that's pretty much <laughs> It's just a revelation of who he is. And so hopefully I can talk to a few people today. I'm just going to put a few examples of like impossible steps that we might all be in today. And so I'm thinking of people that are still holding and need to forgive somebody. And I know it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. I've been hurt. Somebody said something to me. I don't know, Blaine. I've just been holding on to this for so long. It seems pretty impossible to forgive this person, but today you can make that step. I, and it doesn't have to look crazy. It doesn't have to like be this huge moment where you're weeping and like snot's coming out, you know, like that ugly cry. But I'm just saying it's a simple step of forgiveness because it's just one step daily. And maybe who knows, a couple like days or weeks and you've gotten to the point where you've completely forgive somebody. And he, here's what I also think some, something happened, is that you started this walk, and this is going to look really awkward when I sit down. So you started this walk, and all of a sudden, you just sat down. <laughs> You're just like, oh, I am, I am done. Like, I, got, I just got hurt, and God, I love you, and everything's cool, but I, this is as far as I am going. And it's been really tough. But I think God really, really wants to call you out of that hurt and that pain today. And so that you can get up and continue walking with him to continue these impossible steps. And also, I feel like there might be some people today that you stopped praying for something that you thought was impossible. Is that you've been discouraged. I don't know how long you prayed or how long you stopped praying. It could be years, months, I don't care. But you've stopped praying But can I encourage you today to get back on the horse and continue to pray for what the impossible and for stuff to happen in your life today? Also, so there's some people, there's another impossible, is that there's some people in your family that you never thought would come to Jesus at all. Like I'm talking about crazy cousin Johnny. If anybody's named Johnny in here, I'm sorry. Like you thought it was impossible for him to come to Jesus I am going to, I think the word of the Lord for your family and for us today is that salvation has come to this house. Like Zacchaeus said today, I think, I don't know if it's going to be like, I, and I'm not saying like, oh, there's going to be a text message or a call today, and it's going to be like, oh, I need Jesus, and I'm praying for that, and I'm hoping for that, but I mean one simple text message of, man, I feel like I need to get back into church. Man, how are you doing? I've been in a tough spot. Can we talk? And maybe not something crazy like that, but it's continuous journey that maybe hopefully gets this person to Jesus Christ, and I'm believing that for each and every family today, because I need people in my family that need to be saved, and so I'm going to latch onto this, that to 
today, salvation has come to this house. Also, the last one I kind of want to talk about as an example is this, is that some of you have been living in this super amount of shame and guilt. You did something long ago, I don't know, a week ago, that has just been hard and rough, and you've been living with this shame and guilt. And here's the thing about shame and guilt. Sometimes we think that we need to continue to live in it because we deserve it. Can I tell you what? Jesus has taken all my shame, all my guilt. I don't have to live in it anymore. And it is completely possible to con- for you to step out of that shame and guilt today. And it's just one little step of one little step of stepping out of shame and guilt. And I'm going to tell you where I'm at real quick, is that I feel like what I've realized is that I've been trying to control everything so much. Like when I got here, I was like, this is the way the youth ministry has to look. This is like, God, please, like I, like, and, and so every single day, every single day, I had to get on like the edge of my bed and sit down, I'm uh, sorry, um, <laughs> I just sit down in my bed continuously every single morning, and do I win every day? No. I just continue to say, God, I trust you today. God, I trust you today. God, I trust you. Continuously saying, God, I trust you. God, I trust you. God, I trust you. Do I do it every day? No. But it's a continuous walk of, God, I trust you. My life is in your hands. Please, I need you to show up. I'm relying on you. I don't. It, it's just this continuous walk in these continuous steps every single day. And so I'm going to end and I'm going to pray for all of us. Um, there's one specific people that I really want to pray for, and that's the family members today. Um, but here's what I'm going to ask, is that when we sing this song, we're singing Oceans. It was a great song. Um, but when we're singing it today, whatever that impossible step is for you, do something, do something um, that, it doesn't have to be wild, it doesn't have to be crazy, but just something that helps you take that step. Um, and that's what I just want to ask. So let us pray. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for what you've done today, um, so, something that you've done inside of us. Um, yeah, and God, I really want to pray for family members right now, is that some of them have been held captive by the enemy, and this week they will no longer be that, is that you will break the chains loose and that they will come to know Jesus this week. And if there's anything that any one of us can do, a conversation, a phone call, a text, that we would say, yes, Jesus. And if they're, God, if we're ever stuck, if we're in this mode, God, I pray for courage. I pray for your supernatural um, spirit to come on all people to take this next step that they need to take, that they're in the impossible, but with you, all things are possible. We trust you, God. Thank you so much for what you have done today and what you've done in the hearts of your people. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen.